Once you're finished with this episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game team and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We'd like to welcome in all of our new and returning listeners. If you're new to the show, please subscribe, leave a five-star review. It does help other Buccaneers fans find us. James Jarko joining the show with me for the first time this week together, I believe. Is that correct, James? That is an accurate assessment of our week, good sir. Yeah, so every other episode, if you guys haven't caught on already, James was basically sending in his audio, and then I was recording audio, or the one day I wasn't on, it was just James. It's It's been a unique, we basically had to piecemeal the show together, hopefully you guys have enjoyed it and honestly James I mean the numbers say that people are enjoying it absolutely um so we're grateful for that but of course you catch or catched you caught one more practice here at the end of the week before the Buccaneers get set to uh to kick off their 2021 playing campaign with a preseason matchup against your hometown Cincinnati Bengals um let's start with offense first of all you know, we've heard Bruce Arians talk about rough practices after days off and all that. So I know that's not what we're dealing with here, but how did the offense just kind of overall generally look from what you could tell? Uh, honestly, there was a lot of work between the top unit, but with Kyle Trask as quarterback, it was really interesting to see that dynamic with Trask getting all that work with the ones. But uh, Ben Murphy from WTSP, he and I were sitting there together, and Tom Brady was just daggers up and down the field. I think I counted maybe three incomplete passes all day from Tom Brady. Um, Antonio Brown and O.J. Howard were both out today, just kind of a, a maintenance day, nothing to be concerned about, you know, nothing to worry about. But um, lots of, again, lots of two tight end sets with Gronk and Brait where, you know, they were kind of designed pick plays where it had Brait kind of leaking out behind Gronk and, and getting open in the flats. Uh, lots and lots of work still working with the running backs on the pass catching. Geo had a pretty, pretty rough drop actually in, in the flat. But other than that, it was, it was a really, really solid day from the offense in fact it was the only day that I was out there this week where the offense didn't have a turnover or uh gave up a sack to uh to the defense well that's what you want to hear right there and I mean talking about the tight ends right so Bruce Arian said last year this is a 12 base personnel offense that's what their base package is which is you know to some people they call it lunacy you got Mike Evans Chris Godwin Antonio Brown and Scotty Miller as your top four wide receivers and then Tyler Johnson when he's not coming into camp out of shape. I mean, you you know, you think any offensive coordinator would want to spread out spread defenses out, but here the Buccaneers are 
running 12 personnel. Their depth chart on the official team site reflects a 12 personnel base package with two starting tight ends uh, listed being obviously Gronk and then OJ Howard with Cam Brayton, Cody McElroy being the second stringer behind Rob Gronkowski, Tanner Hudson, third string. You mentioned how much criticism Tanner Hudson has been getting. Uh, Tyler Johnson also, I mean, he he basically outed himself publicly, not coming into camp fully prepared the way he should have been, specifically with Tyler, because I'm curious as to what we're going to see with him in this preseason game. Has he looked out of shape to you, or do you do you think it's it's more just on the the NFL side of things? Like there's there's kind of the layman's way we look at NFL and athletes and, and the players. So to us, that dude still probably looks like he's in really good shape, but to the NFL guys, he's not. Honestly, he looks like he's pretty much his normal self. I think after you know these couple of weeks of training camp being underway, Tyler Johnson looks to be pretty much back the way he was last year. Um, you know, no, he's not dragging at all. He he looks sharp. He's really nice on his routes. He's made some really impressive catches. But of course, he's getting a lot of work with uh, Blaine and Griffin and Trask rather than uh, being out there with Brady. Of course, you know, when when Brady's under center and they have the ones out there, it's it's Mike, Chris, A.B., Gronk, O.J., Bray, and even Jalen Darden is getting some work with that group, which has been really, really fun to watch. But I would say Tyler Johnson looks looks pretty much normal. It doesn't take long to uh, to sweat off any extra poundage in this heat, man. It was it was pretty brutal for for all week long. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in the hundreds in Virginia, so I can only imagine what it is uh, in Florida. And we're going to flip over to the defensive side of the ball and kind of a transition point. Uh, the Buccaneers on Thursday waiving defensive lineman Sam Renner, bringing back offensive lineman Earl Watford. So uh, the Buccaneers just getting a little bit more experience and, and talent on the offensive line because not only do you now have Earl Watford, but you have a Super Bowl champion starting right guard in Aaron Stinney as a backup Talk about uh, the rich getting richer there. But looking at the defense, James, William Golson is a guy that last year we talked about several times during the season, didn't get a whole lot of love, very underrated, kind of lost in the wash with Ndamukong Sue and then Vita Vea. And then with Vita's injury, everybody wondering what was going to happen in the middle of the line, and then he comes back. So William Golston just, just very quietly, a very consistent part of the defensive line. How does he look this year in, in what is a contract season? How does he look so far in camp? Honestly, he hasn't really stood out. Um but that's not necessarily a bad thing. He didn't he didn't stand out last year either all that much, but he was just that quiet, consistent presence that you had along the defensive line. But you know, he's he hasn't been a guy that it's like, oh wow, did you see Golston on that play? But he's he's there, he's creating some disruption, he's uh closing up run lanes when when he's on the field and, and they're trying to get Keyshawn Vaughn or or Geo or Rojo going. Um so, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing eye popping, but at the same time, it's not a bad thing to say, oh, well, he just looks like the way William Golston tends to look. He's just he's consistent. Yeah. That quiet professional contributor to the defense that exactly uh, nobody <laughs> really talks about. So I just wanted to take a, a minute and let's hi- let's highlight some William Golston here. Uh, we had that voicemail highlighting Tyler Johnson. Let's highlight uh, William Golston as well. And then final question before we get into our first break, James Jordan Whitehead's injury. Um 
was anything more said or reported about that while you were down there in Florida? And, and do you, because I, I kind of mentioned on my crossover interview with the Locked On Bengals guys, that if there is a player that I don't expect to play, it might be Jordan Whitehead. Uh, but, you know, preseason injuries are kind of a fickle thing. So what are your thoughts on Jordan Whitehead entering the weekend? Yeah, nothing, nothing more revealing than what we already know. And yeah, I definitely don't expect Jordan Whitehead to be playing. I know Robert Hainsey isn't going to be playing, even though he did. He did do some work off to the side with Tom Brady when Brady wasn't taking reps. Hainsey was snapping the ball to him, working on that center quarterback exchange. You know, we know Hainsey's going to bounce between center and guard uh, as far as the depth piece. But as far as Jordan Whitehead's injury, Uh, nothing further. I don't expect to see him Saturday night. So with that, David, let's go ahead and give a shout out to some friends of ours who did some big things for the BYU football program. If you haven't seen that video yet, check out the locked on bucks, Twitter account. We retweeted it there. And of course I am talking about built bars. If you don't know what your favorite flavor is, there are plenty of them to try coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You can get a mixed box and you can try each and every one of those flavors so you can decide what your favorite is. Not only are they the best tasting protein bar, but they are also healthy. Every one of those bars, 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 to receive 15 percent off your order again promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off at built.com segment two here the locked on bucks podcast wrapping up the week heading into preseason game one for the tampa bay buccaneers david harrison and james jarko at d harrison 82 and at jr corner score bucks on twitter the show at lockdown bucks and james we had a crossover yesterday with jake liskow and uh, james rapine of the lockdown Bengals podcast i was also on their show on the audio format and on youtube um, so if any of our listeners want to go check that out on their channel see what they had to ask me by all means, go ahead and do so. But now let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, what we expect from them, what we expect from the Buccaneers. But we're going to do that in, in a somewhat familiar fashion that some of our listeners who have been here since last season, even years prior, should know. We're going to start talking about some of the things we want to see, and we're going to make our patented bold predictions. Of course, mine are always just a little bit spicier than yours. I like to go bolder than bold, which sometimes means uh, illogical and unreasonable. But first, James, let's start about things. Let's talk about things we want to see. Again, it's preseason. So, you know, it's kind of a different beast than a normal game. But what do you want to see out of this Buccaneers offense on Saturday? Honestly, I want to see Kyle Trask. You know, we are a, a big Kyle Trask podcast here. And I want to see how he does, because honestly, in, in the days that I was at practice, he looked really, really good. He looked sharp. He made one of, if not the best pass that I saw all week long. It was maybe two inches over the outstretched hands of Grant Stewart and dropped right into the breadbasket of Jaden Mickens. It was gorgeous. Um, so I want to see how he does with the offense against Another NFL defense starting to get some work, starting to get some reps and get a feel for the NFL game. Like I said, he took a lot of of reps with the ones on Thursday. I don't expect that to be the case 
against the Bengals, but I'm really excited to see his first action in the NFL. Absolutely. And then I'll look at the defense. I want to see at least one interception by a depth player in the secondary. When I say depth player, I'm talking Ross Cockrell on the depth chart or lower. So Antonio Hamilton, Herb Miller, uh, Javon Hagan, Raven Green, Chris Cooper. I'm talking about those guys. Mike Edwards does not count. I know Mike Edwards is technically a backup. He doesn't count. Honestly, Ross Cockrell almost didn't count. But I'll take Ross Cockrell and lower. I want one of those guys to come away with an interception, James. We've talked about this during during the offseason. We had a recent voicemail uh, question about this, the secondary. I mean, if, if you have to pick a weak spot of this roster, it's probably going to be either the running back group or it's going to be the secondary. And it's again, you're talking about Super Bowl caliber units here. So, I mean, it, it, nobody's saying that they're bad, but the the lack of experience just because they're young guys and that's just how this works is you have to have experience to have experience, right? Uh, but then the the fact that this team, I mean, it's been kind of two or three off seasons running where we kind of expected them to either sign a veteran that could that could curl off the kind of the back end of the depth chart or maybe add like a third or fourth round talent to the group as well. And they didn't, which shows great confidence in the guys they have for good reason. But then you have the concern if, if a Carlton Davis gets injured, now you've got Sean Murphy, Bunting, Ross Cockrell, Jamel Dean as your top three. And, you know, with just with the way the game works, attrition and fatigue and all that stuff, you're going to end up with a guy like Antonio Hamilton potentially taking very significant snaps at corner. And I don't think that's anything any of us want to see. So because that situation exists, I want to see one of those guys make a play and stand out. Absolutely. And I'll go ahead and stay on the defensive side of the ball. And David, it's been a long, hot, tiresome week. So I'm going to take the low hanging fruit. I want to see how Joe Tryon is utilized. We know he's going to get some level of work with the ones throughout the season, being in a rotation with Shaq or, you know, and JPP, or maybe all three are on the field at the same time. I don't think that's the case Saturday night. But something that I have seen is Joe Tryon has lined up on both sides of the ball. He has dropped back in coverage. He has bull rushed to get to the quarterback. He does everything. I want to see what ways they're utilizing him in Saturday's game. Are they going to have him do more of the dropping back in pass coverage? Because that's if I'm going to pick a weaker part of his game, that is certainly it. Are they going to have him do that in live action against another opponent to continue to work on that and and kind of baptism by fire uh, type of deal there? So I'm really, really excited to see what Joe Tryon does, how they utilize him, and where all on the field he's going to line up. Yeah, and then my offensive, what I want to see from this Buccaneer squad is I want to see Tyler Johnson looking serviceable. I don't need to see him look elite. I don't need to see him look like a number one wide receiver. But anytime a guy comes into camp, especially a guy like Tyler Johnson, there's a lot of excitement about coming into the offseason and what he might be able to contribute given the opportunities. I mean, again, A.B. balling out Mike Evans is Mike Evans, Chris Godwin is Chris Godwin. So, I mean, we'll see how many opportunities he really has. I don't know if he just had too much fun on vacation. I don't know if maybe he was he was feeling the little bit of press love that he does get already. I don't know what the situation is. It's not really important why. He got to that point. The bottom line is I'm glad to hear you say that he's really not looking all that worse for the wear. But I want to see Tyler Johnson kind of come in there and say and, and kind of show through his play that he understands he messed up and he's here to make up for it. And he can do so by making some plays for his team in the preseason. Um, James, so that's what we want to see from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again this weekend, Saturday against Cincinnati Bengals. Now let's flip the script. Let's go to what we don't want to see. And I'm going to take injuries off the table because, of course, we don't want to see injuries. It's a low-hanging fruit, but that that fruit is on the ground. Like That's already fallen off the tree. We're not going to pick that sucker up. So, James, 
You start off with defense this time. Tell us what you don't want to see out of Todd Bowles' unit. Yeah, so really what I don't want to see out of this defense is I don't want to see any complacency. I don't want to see them sitting back. I don't want to see them you know, playing these prevent defenses. I want to... I want to know that that the defensive coaches are testing them. I I want to see aggression. I want to, you know, I don't care how low on the depth chart you are. You know, I want to see these guys out there playing like they could be cut tomorrow. So, you know, that's, I, I do want to see a lackadaisical preseason ho-hum, we're playing it safe kind of defensive style. Yeah, and James, I'll I'll start my what I don't want to see with the offense. And it's funny you mentioned Kyle Trask because mine is also about Kyle Trask. Um, how familiar you are familiar are you with Donnie Lewis Jr.? Not very. What about Winston Rose or Jalen Davis? Still no. So those are backup secondary players for the Cincinnati Bengals. Those are backup cornerbacks. I don't want Kyle Trask throwing interceptions against those guys. And I understand he's also going to be playing with some third string guys, but you're Kyle Trask. You're a Florida Gator quarterback, you know, your second round draft pick. I know you're a rookie, so I'm not going to like crucify you if you do. But if there's an interception thrown by Kyle Trask, I want it to be a tip drill type of situation. Maybe it's a little high. Maybe it's a, you know, a little low and the ball gets knocked in the air, something like that. But what I don't want to see is just bad throws resulting in interceptions against a second or third string, even secondary in Cincinnati Bengals. Cause not for nothing, but I mean the Cincinnati Bengals first string defense, there's a lot of players on that roster that are second stringers on a lot of other teams. So their second and third string guys are really low on the NFL total pole. I don't want to see, uh, you know, the, the hopeful or potential future quarterback of this franchise throwing interceptions against that crew. All right. On the offensive side of the ball, David, I don't want to see, basically any of the starters or necessary second string playing more than a drive, get those guys out of there. There's, there's some nasty weather moving in. The field conditions are going to be questionable at best. Bruce Arians even said that field conditions are going to play a big part in determining who plays and for how long, you know, we know the guys that are going to be out there uh, come week one against the Dallas Cowboys. I want to see more of Jalen Darden. I want to see more of, you know, as, as you mentioned, Tyler Johnson, I want to see more out of Mickens. I want to see some of these backup offensive linemen. I really wish Robert Hainsey was playing and I would have liked to have seen him play a couple of positions. Um, do, Do not leave anybody out there longer than one series. In fact, after the first first down, go ahead and pull Brady and we'll put <laughs> we'll put Blaine Gabbard out there. But that's what I, yeah. I don't want to see them overly aggressive off offense uh, to start the game with with the guys that, you know, this team is on to win another Super Bowl. Absolutely. And on the defense side of the ball for me, uh, I don't want to see the Buccaneers backup quarterback curse reemerge here, even in the preseason. I don't care what time of year it is. I don't want to see this Buccaneers defense getting worked by a backup quarterback. Joe Burrow confirmed not playing on Saturday. Brandon Allen, okay, who started in place of Joe Burrow after he got injured last year, had like a win, formerly of Arkansas. Okay, he's going to be the starting quarterback against this, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Do not get worked by Brandon Allen. That's what I don't want to see. And then, James, let's wrap up the segment with bold predictions. What do you got for us? Uh, my bold prediction will be that Jalen Darden 
will get a touchdown over 50 yards. Could be receiving, could be on special teams, but we're getting a 50-plus yard touchdown out of Jalen Darden on Saturday. See, and this is this is the stuff that I love because this is what I'm talking about. You have a bold prediction. Mine is bolder because I'm predicting the Bucks are getting one kick return touchdown and a punt return touchdown. Oh, Both of those place, sir. potentially could be Jalen Darden. At least one of them, obviously, could be Jalen Darden. That would be an amazing prop bet. You know where you know a place that has a lot of prop bets during the NFL season? BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball still, season is still in full swing, but who cares? The NFL is right around the corner coming back this week with preseason action, regular season action, right around the corner before the next game. Head over to BetOnline.ag and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Although sitting on the sidelines at a Bucks game would probably be pretty cool. But don't do that. This is your chance to get into the game as the Buccaneers prepare for their next run to the Super Bowl. Head to betonline.ag, sign up today, get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The picks up here on a Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Darko, David Harrison at JDarko. Harrison 82 and David we have a couple of questions sent in one via the Twitter machine the other via voicemail let's start with the Twitter question and it is if Jameis Winston does start for the Saints and does excel what do you think about the Buccaneers bringing him back to Tampa when Tom Brady does decide to retire I'd love to see him finish where he started that comes in from Cody Pastoya so David I'm gonna let you start things off uh, I don't think that's going to happen um, as long as there is a remnants of Bruce Arians in the franchise. So if we're all correct in what we're hoping is going to happen and Todd Bowles takes over for Bruce Arians when he officially retires uh, from coaching in the NFL, I don't think Jameis wants to come back. I think Jameis secretly feels slighted. I think he feels like he didn't get a fair shake. I think, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and part of the evidence to that is the whole eating a W thing. Thing when the Saints whooped the Buccaneers' butts um, there in, in midseason, uh, that whole eating a W thing on the cameras. I mean, listen, he, he he reads his press, he hears the comments, he sees the jokes, he sees the memes. All right, and uh, you know he's a human being just like everybody else. So that was a shot back at you know not just the Buccaneers, honestly, but to a certain extent, Buccaneers fans. And that kind of shows a little bit of the saltiness that comes when a franchise gives up on one of its players. So I don't know that Jameis Winston honestly would come back to Tampa. I mean, for the record, I was a big advocate of the outside theory that Jameis Winston stays on and backs up Tom Brady and learns from him for a couple of years and and maybe gets better that way. But again, that was a, a fairly unrealistic potential expectation. I don't think Jameis Winston would return to Tampa. It would be a great story, of course. But if if part of the current franchise, you know, operational staff. Uh, coaching staff front office is still in Tampa. I don't think that that's something that Jameis would probably do. I Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it happens. I don't think Jameis would want it to happen. I don't think the Buccaneers would want it to happen. It's it's over. It's over and done with. He's moved on. The Bucs have moved on. If uh, If Kyle Trask isn't the guy after Brady retires, they may go out and find another veteran. I joke about it, but you know, there's absolutely no reason why Aaron Rodgers wouldn't come in as a free agent 
after Brady retires and and chases a ring with essentially the same squad that Tom Brady just won a ring with. So, no, the Jameis in Tampa days are done over with. There won't be any reunions happening anytime ever. All right, David, let's go ahead and jump over to the voicemail from our good buddy Jim in South Carolina. James, David, it's your old buddy Jim in South Carolina, South Kakerlaki. Hey, here's the question that's been going around. Congratulations, John Lynch. Uh, which team would win 2002 bucks or 2020 bucks if they played each other? You guys get to discuss it, debate it. You can pick which rules that they would play under the 2002 NFL rules or 2020, or maybe combine them. Who knows? And yes, game is going to bleep at Raymond James Stadium. So anyway, I wanted to pass that on to you guys. I uh, hope you're doing well. And uh, as always, Fox. Bye. All right, Jim. Thanks for the call, buddy. Hope you're doing well out there in South Carolina and James. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we may have already answered this question. It's it's obviously a question that comes up a lot when th- these types of things happen. You always hear about you know LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. Everybody always wants to know would would the current greats beat the previous greats? I'm gonna say that I think honestly that the 2020 Buccaneers team would beat the 2002 Bucks team, and I say that because even though you know there's no Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, Simeon Rice, Rondé Barber, John Lynch on this current Buccaneers defense. This current Buccaneers defense is still really good in its own right. And it's got some players that have some potential to turn into some of those types of names um, down, you know, down the road once they get a little bit more established and, and have some more opportunity to perform. But that offense, that, that Tom Brady led offense with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, and Antonio Brown, et cetera, et cetera, like that is by far better than what the Buccaneers had with Brad Johnson and company, not taking anything away from them. They they did what they needed to do to win and, and kudos to them. I applaud them. Right. But there, there's a reason Brad Johnson's not in the ring of honor and Tom Brady's already being talked about as a guy who should be in the ring of honor someday uh, there at Raymond James stadium. So I think that while the defense, you know, there's a defensive disparity there. I think that the, the gap between the offenses is big enough that it makes up for that. So I think that if you put them head to head uh, that, yeah, that, you know, I think that this last version beats that that previous version, no matter which rules. Actually, I think if Todd Bowles' defense can be more physical, I think it actually plays into their hand, even though John Lynch, I mean, he lays out Antonio Brown over the middle, he might be done. But, I mean, you bring in Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson after him, and you still got a very lethal offense there uh, with Tom Brady's unit. Yeah, as, um, as much as it may pain me to say, that is the 100% correct answer. The defenses, yeah. I mean, the O2 Bucks were an all-time great defense. They have three, possibly four, possibly five Hall of Famers off of that roster. Um, you know, we we all believe that Rondé is going to get in. Simeon Rice should be in. But as much as I love Brad Johnson and Keenan McCardell and Joe Juravicious and Michael Pittman, that offense cannot hold a candle to what the Bucks offense was in 2020 and as great as that O2 defense was um, I just, I would put money on Tom Brady finding a way to get them into the end zone far more often 
than the 2020 Buccaneers defense would allow Brad Johnson and company yeah. to get in there. So I'm thinking it, like I think 17 to nine is, is like the score. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's not going to be any 48 to, to 21 or, or 31 to nine kind of finals. It'll be close. It'll be low scoring. There'll be some takeaways for both defenses, but I think the 2020 team top to bottom is the far more talented roster as a whole. Taking a quick second here to jump back in and change the end of our podcast. Uh, Typically, we give you guys all the information that you all already know at this point, the voicemail, the email, the Twitters, all of that. As soon as David and I finished recording today, um, we saw the news about former Pewter Report writer, podcaster, Buccaneer media legend, we will call him, Mark Cook, uh, passing away at the age of 50. Uh, His girlfriend posted on Thursday morning that Mark needed prayers and later posted that he had passed away. David and I wanted to take this opportunity to give our heartfelt condolences to Mark's family, especially his son, Douglas. We all know how proud of a father Mark was. Uh, One of my favorite things about Mark was seeing all of his proud Papa posts about just how happy he was to have Douglas as a part of his life. Um, You all know Mark. You heard him on podcasts. You heard him on the radio. He was a regular over with the What the Buck podcast with Derek Fournier, um, all the years that, that those were going on. Uh, you heard him on this show. David and I, to this day, still joke about the lost episode of Locked on Bucks, where we had Mark on and had an absolutely incredible conversation talking about Dalvin Cook and draft plans for the Buccaneers. Um, and Mark's audio didn't record and so it was always always chalked up as the lost episode, and it was one of the best ones I think we ever had, and it was very early in our stint into podcasting. When I first got into blogging, uh, I immediately reached out to Mark because he was somebody that I respected so much and somebody whose work I really enjoyed. And Mark flat out told me, he said, anything you need, just let me know. And true to his word, if I had a question, if I needed you know, some clarification on something, you know, when I was new to all of this, all I had to do was reach out to him and he would get back to me. Um, Mark was a genuinely just good guy and he's someone that will sorely be missed. A lot of us were really excited to see what special announcement he had up his sleeve when he talked about his future. Now that he had moved on from pewter report uh, and it's something that we're, we're never going to see. And that's really unfortunate. Um, so with all of that in mind, thinking of how much the ginger badass touched all of your lives, because if you're listening to this, we know that you were reading Mark stuff. You were listening to him. Uh, he was a part of your life. There won't be any more outro. There won't be any more music. We will uh, we will have a moment of silence to remember our friend and uh, a Tampa Bay legend in Mark Cook. 
Rest easy, buddy.